Alright, so we'll say good morning, good morning, good morning. Let us begin. So we're going to begin by thanking Baruch Hashem. We have many Talmud Torah sponsors this month. To thank all of our Talmud Torah sponsors, to thank Jerry and Appy Applebaum for dedicating the Shurim and Drashos this month in memory of Barbara Friedman Basia Baschayim and David Friedman David Ben Avram. To thank Drs. Paul and Linda Weinberg for dedicating all the Shurim and Drashos this month in commemoration of the 36th yard site of their son, Mordechai Yoshua Ben Peretz Moshe Valeya Miriam. To thank Paul and Kathy Pollock, our Talmud Torah sponsors for this month, for dedicating the Shi'urim and Drashos in the Shosav Shalima for Dana Baker Matson. To thank Stephen Terry Zinn for dedicating all the Shurim and Drashos this month in honor of the birth of their grandson, Bunim Tzvi Hirsch. To thank Naftali Tilson for dedicating all the Shurim and Drashos this month in honor of his good friend, Benjamin Wall, and with wishes for a Chag Kasher V'Sameach to the entire Shir, and to thank Avram and Shandy Kelman for dedicating all the Sherman Joshos this month, the creation of the yard site of Avram's mother, B'sara Braina Bas Yoshua Heschel. We hope that in the merit of our Talmud Torah, all of the Neshamas will have an Aliyah, all of those who require Refuah Shabbat together with Kol Chole Yisrael, and all of the families in the Chalei with that, let is beautiful to see so many Talmud Torah Joshos, Talmud Torah sponsors. We thank everyone for their incredible generosity. So with that, let us begin. Today's daf is daf Lamed Aleph. We are picking up at the Mishnah, excuse me, at the Gemara on Lamed Amadeus 30b. So just to reorient ourselves for a moment, to reorient us for just a moment, if you remember again, we had an interesting case in the Mishnah. The Mishnah began with a statement of Vikulan. Vikulan means we're going back, the Mishnah says, to the 15 women mentioned in the first Mishnah. So a little bit of Chazar. Remember again, what did we do in the first Mishnah? We had 15 women who were exempt from Yibum, right? Totally exempt from the parish of Yibum. Why? Because they were an erva to the Yavam. Right? And remember again, what the Mishnah taught us was that the same way that these women were exempt, they also went ahead and exempted their co-wives. Exempted their co-wives. Tzaros, so we saw Tzaros, Tzaros, co-wives, co-wives, fine. Our Mishnah introduced us to an interesting question. So let's imagine the following scenario. You have Reuven and Shimon. And imagine for a moment that Shimon is married to Reuven's daughter. Totally permitted. Shimon married his niece. Right? Shimon married his niece. We'll call her Rachel. Shimon also has another wife, unrelated, unrelated woman, we'll call her Leah. So we'll say in a typical situation, if Shimon were to die, what does Ruvain do? What does Ruvain do? Nothing, right? Because remember again, who forced him in Yibum? Two women, one of them who happens to be his daughter, and therefore Allah so the same way that she is exempt from Yibum, so her co-wife is exempt from Yibum as well. The mission is dealing with the, with the following situation. Let's say, let's say, when Shimon married Rachel, his niece, there was a Safek Kiddushin. Safek Kiddushin, questionable aspect of the Kiddushin. Or for that matter, Shimon divorced his wife Rachel, and what? There was a questionable Gerishin. And before the, before the doubt regarding Kiddushin or Gerishin got resolved, what happened? What happened? Shimon died. Sinabos, you have a very interesting case where now, again, now this doesn't impact, I mean, it does, but not as much Rachel, because Rachel anyway wasn't subject to him, but who it does impact ultimately is Leah. Because you will say, what did we establish in yesterday's daf? Hopefully you listen to the Chazara, right? What was the key point of yesterday's daf? That when is Yibum eligibility established? When is it established? 
at the moment of widowhood, right? So remember again, so whether or not, whether or not Shimon was married to Rachel at the time of his death is incredibly important because it determines Leah's eligibility or prohibition in Yibum, right? But again, this is a case of Suffolk. So what do you do in a case of Suffolk? So the Mishnah says, okay, Hare Elu, the Tzaros Leah is going to be Choltos, Velo Mesiagon. So Leah will do Chalita, won't do Yibum. That's the end, right? So that, that's what it is, which is not like such a shocking conclusion. It makes sense. She's going to do Chalita, she won't do Yibum. She won't do Yibum. I will say the Mishnah then went on to get into the cases of what's Suffolk Kiddushin and what's Suffolk Gerushin. So the case of Suffolk Kiddushin, remember again, what did the Mishnah say? The Mishnah gave an interesting case. A man is throwing Kesef Kiddushin. He throws a ring, right? He throws a Kesef, he throws money, right, for Kiddushin at a woman. And what was the case of Suffolk Kiddushin? Suffolk Karov Law, Suffolk Karov Law. Did it land in his Dalar Amis, her Dalar Amis? And again, it never got resolved. That's a case of Suffolk Kiddushin. What's Suffolk Gerushin? So the Mishnah went on a whole bunch of cases. The husband writes the get, but there's no signatures of witnesses. There's witnesses, but there's no date. There's date, but there's only eight echad. Fine. We'll say good. Says the Gemara. Here we go. The Ilu Begerushin, Suffolk Karov Law, Suffolk Karov Law, Lokatani. So we'll say the Gemara just makes an interesting observation, which is, you know, the... It would have been easy enough for the Mishnah to use the same example by both cases, right? When the Mishnah was saying, what's the case of Safek Kiddushin? So what did the Gemara say? Again, he threw her Kesef Kiddushin. It's a Safek. Is it closer to her? Is it closer to him? Okay. You could have used the same exact case by Gerashim, right? A man takes a get. He throws a get to his wife. And what happens? It's Safek Karov Lo. Safi Karov Law. Rabbi say, by the way, that is a case in Masechas Gitten. So why not just use the same case by both Safi Kiddushin and Safi Gerushin? Why do you have to come up with different cases? To which the one says, my time, but what's the reason? Amar Rabbi is supposed to discuss you quite fast things. So Rabbi says, Isha Zu. So let's analyze this. This woman. Now we'll say, the woman in question, remember over here, is Leah, is the Tsaras Erva. This woman, Leah, Remember again, what's Leah's Chazaka? This is fascinating. What's Leah's Chazaka vis-a-vis Yibum? What's her Chazaka? That she doesn't need it, right? Her Chazaka, Hetar Shuk means when her husband dies, she can marry whoever she wants, right? That's what it means. Her Chazaka is that she is the co-wife of an Erva, right? That's her Chazaka. So the Gemara says, So what are you going to say? You're going to say ultimately again in a case of Safek Kiddushin, Safek Karov Law, Safek Karov Law, you're going to go ahead now and make her subject to Yubam Alt Safek? That doesn't make sense. That doesn't make sense. Shabbos says, so Rabbi says, this is interesting. So Rabbi says, therefore, look, Rabbi take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Al Ta'asranami Safek, Ava Bahanach Gimogitin Lav Misafek Asuna Lav, Dahagitahu. See, what Rabbi is saying is like this. You're not going to answer a woman alts suffolk, right? That you're not going to do. You're not going to go ahead and make her answer alts suffolk. The problem is, if you use a case of karov law, karov law, that is a case of suffolk. And you're not going to allow suffolk to undermine her chazaka. Her chazaka is that halacha she is permitted to go ahead and marry anyone she wants upon the death of her husband. 
upon the death of her husband. Amalei Abai, Abai says, one second, Yehachi b'kidushin nami, Neyma isha zu b'chazkaz heter liyavam omedes, umisafik atabali osra. So Abai says, okay, well, you can make the same argument. Rabbi Abai, Rashi points out the other cases of Gittin, right? The case of where it's written in his handwriting, but ultimately no signature of the witnesses, or, or the case of there's no zman. Those are not cases of safeget. Those are cases of gitten that technically are effective, but are not minamuvchar, are not really ideal. So what Rabbi is suggesting is, we're not going to use a case of real suffolk by gitten, because this case of suffolk by gitten clashes up against her chazaka. So you want to tell me now, there's a suffolk, is she divorced, is she not divorced? Her chazaka is that what? What's her chazaka? She's married. And in that chazaka, what that, what's the impact of that chazaka on her yibum status? She's not subject to Yibum because she's the co-wife of an erva. You're not going to allow a suffix to come along and undo or, or I should say undermine or erode her chazaka. So the Gemara says, Abai says, well, if that's the case, so say the same thing by Safi Kiddushin. The Bible says, what effectively happens by Safi Kiddushin? Neymar, let's say, Ishazu, the Tsaras erva, so we'll call Leah, Leah, Becheskas, Heter, Liavam, Omedes. The Bible before the case of Safek Kiddush, remember again, the case of Safek Kiddush is in what case? We're not sure, is Ruvain married to Rachel or not? So before the Safek, what is Leah's Chazaka? Her Yibam Chazaka. What's her Yibam Chazaka? That she could do Yibam, right? Because again, there's no other wife in the picture. Now you're going to introduce a Safek Kiddushin, and because of Safek Kiddushin, you undermine her ability to do Yibam with Ruvain. To which the Gemara says, here's the difference. Hasam luchumra. I will say, ultimately, again, by the case of Kiddushin, ultimately, again, the Safek produces a Chumra. Right? What, what, what's, the, what's the Chumra? The Chumra, ultimately, again, is that you're going to require Chalitza. To which the Gemara says, one second. That's fine that it produces an immediate Chumra, but it could be what, say, what we call the Chumra that leads to a Kula. How so? Because sometimes her husband will go ahead and be Mekadesh, her sister, Kiddushe Vadai, and will do so with an unquestionable Kiddushin, or Ve'inami, Zimnin Da'asa Acher, or Mekadesh Lidida. Or maybe another man will give this woman who had the Safi Kiddushin, actual Vadai Kiddushin, Kiddushe Vadai. And if you go ahead and you say that in the case of Safi Kiddushin, the co-wife is not permitted to do Yibum, Omri, what people will say is, the Kama Kiddushin, it must say that the first Kiddushin is a good Kiddushin, or the Basra Kiddushin, and the second Kiddushin that was given either by the husband to the sister or by another man to the same woman, Lav Kiddushin, we'll say, and then what happens? And then what will end up happening is, she'll be released from the second marriage without a get. And that is problematic because, Halacha Lamaisa, we have a Safe case, type of Lamed Aleph. No, it's not a problem. Why? Kevan the Kametzrachos Lechalitza, since we require chalitza, ultimately people know, people know that halacha lamaisa, it's only a chumrah. If that's the case, then why don't you rule the same way in the case of, kidu, of gerishin and require chalitza and say, 
people will know that the way you're ruling is a simple chumrah. Im ato omer cholets Here's the problem. Sirabo say, although it's tempting to always say that when in doubt, just do chalitza, there's a danger. What's the danger? Remember again, chalitza is the other side of this coin of, or I should say the other side of the coin of chalitza is yibum. And there's always this almost like inherent danger that when Chazal tell you to do chalitza, people interpret that to mean chalitza or yibum. Or yibum. To which the Gemara says, Hachanami. So why don't we say the same thing in the case of Safek Kiddushin? Im ata omer cholatzes misyabemes. Siabos, in the case of Safek Kiddushin, aren't we also concerned that if Halacha Lamaisi tell her to do chalitza, the Tsaras Erev, Leah, to do chalitza, Ultimately, again, isn't there a concern that she may come to do yibum? To which the Gemara says, "Well, what's the worst case? What's the worst case scenario?" So let her let her do let her do yibum ve'in bekach klum, and it's not the biggest deal. Why is that? Achazaka kakaima. I will say, what's the worst case scenario if Leah, the Tsaras Erba, and remember, I'm going to both say, the case over here is where Rachel, the Erba wife, has Safik Kiddushin. So we're going to tell her, you know what, now Shimon dies before the whole Safik Kiddushin is resolved. So what's the halacha? We tell Leah, do chalitza. Do chalitza. I, the Gimar says, but aren't we concerned that people assume chalitza, yibum are interchangeable? And therefore, if we tell her to do chalitza, she may come end up doing yibum. To which the Gimar says, so what? Let's say she does yibum. Let's say she does yibum. If that's the worst case scenario, it's not so bad. Why? Because remember, both say, what's her chazaka? The chazaka is that she's the only wife. Right? The chazaka is that ultimately, both remember again, chazaka is the last presumed state before any level of safeh got mixed in over here. So when you have a case where, right, Shimon, the brother, is married to Rachel, who's his niece, and to Leah, unrelated wife. And with Rachel, there's safeh kiddushin. There's safeh kiddushin. So we'll say, so now Shimon dies before Safek Kiddushin is resolved. So now, what do, what, do we tell, what do we tell Leah? Now, Rachel doesn't have to do anything, right? But what do we tell Leah? Tu chalitza. Tu chalitza. I, the Gemara says, aren't you concerned that if you tell to tu chalitza, then people are going to assume that, we'll say, see, if you tell, if you tell Rachel to do chalitza, what are you effectively communicating? What are you effectively communicating? That Shimon wasn't really married to Rachel. Right, because if he was really married to Rachel, who is his niece, then what would Leah need? Nothing. Nothing. The fact that you're requiring her chalitza seems to indicate that Allah Chalamais, you're saying they weren't really married. To which the Gemara says, "Well, aren't you concerned that what happens if Leah, if sorry, if Leah ends up going ahead and does yibum?" To which the Gemara says, "Okay, she does yibum." In other words, doing yibum is just reflective of her chazaka. Her chazaka is that she was the only wife, so it's not ideal. But if that's the worst case scenario, it's fine. To which the Gemara says, "Eisve Abaye, Sabai raises a cash. What's an interesting case? Nafal Habaye Salav, Vial Bas Alchiv." So we'll say. So just before we get to the Eisve, so just understand what's happening over here. The Gemara is actually asking a very simple question that kind of blows up into something much bigger. The simple question is, why don't you just use the same case for Suffolk Gerishin and Suffolk Kiddushin? By Suffolk Kiddushin, you brought down the case of Suffolk Karov Lo, Suffolk Karov Law. He throws her Kesef Kiddushin, we're not sure. Is it closer to the woman? Is it closer to the man? And yet, by the case of Suffolk Gittin, you didn't mention that case. But you could just use the same case for both. What's, what's the big deal? Rabbah explains, it's very simple. By gitin, by gitin, if there is a suffix gitin, a real suffix, then halacha lamaisa, 
we will treat her, we will treat her based on her chazaka. What's the chazaka? And by the way, the her that we're referring to is really who? Who's the her? Who's the her? It's Leah, right? Remember again, because remember, we're focusing on this. We're looking at this from a yibum perspective, right? Now, the her, in other words, the woman who has the suffix gerishin, that is Rachel, the erva wife. But the impact of this case that we're trying to measure is on Leah, the unrelated wife. So remember, again, I'll see what's happening over here. Shimon is married to two women, Rachel, his niece, Leah, unrelated wife. Shimon divorces Rachel. There's a problem with the Gerishin. It's what we call Safe Gerishin. Before they're able to go ahead and resolve the doubt, what happens? What happens? Shimon dies. Shimon dies. So I'll say, so the truth is, this, this case has an impact for Rachel also. Is Rachel a Grusha? Is she an Amana? Right? Is she a divorcee? Is she a widow? That has ramifications for her. But remember, this is Mesechus Yevamis. So we are all Yibum all the time, right? So, so remember again, we have only one focus over here. My focus is, what is now the impact on Rachel? So now Rachel is now a widow. Is she, it's a Safek Girishin. So is she the co-wife of an Erva or not? Or not. So we'll say, so remember again, so what does the Mishnah say? So the Mishnah says, just do Chalitza. Just do Chalitza. So remember, so now, Rabba, so now, okay, fine, that's the case. So just walk you through it again. So now the Gemara says, why don't you just use the same case of Safek? Man threw a get to his wife, Safek Karov Lo, Safek Karov La. Rabba says, I'll tell you why. Because in a case of real Safek, by Gerishin, we will treat, we will address Yibum, through the unrelated wife's chazaka. And I both say, what was her chazaka? What was her chazaka? Co-wife of an erva. That was her last known state. Her last known vada state was co-wife of an erva. So in a real case of Safek Gerishin, Safek Karov Law, Safek Karov Law, and then Shimon dies, what would be Leah's obligation vis-a-vis Yibum? Nothing, because we establish her by based on her chazaka. Her chazaka is that she is the co-wife of Anerva, the co-wife of Rachel, and she is free to go without anything else. Good. So let's see. So now comes along Abaye. Abaye says one second. Ezvi Abaye. This is an interesting case. Nafal Abaye. Salav Yabas Achiv. Vein Yadua Ezemehem Meis Rishon. This is listen to this case. Same case. Reuven and Shimon. Shimon is married to Rachel, Reuven's daughter, and another wife, and another wife, Leah. Unrelated. Reuven and Rachel walk into a house. Lechmor son, the house collapses on them. And now they both die. They both die. They both say, what's the Shiloh? What's the Shiloh? Who died first? And they both say, why does this make a difference? It makes a huge difference vis-a-vis Yibum. Why, let's play this out. If, if Reuven died first, then what, what's Leah's obligation? If Reuven died first? Reuven died first? No obligation. Why? Because when Reuven dies, when Reuven dies, so Leah is the co-wife of an erva, and therefore no yibum, no chalitza. What happens if Rachel died first? If Rachel died first, then what? Then ultimately again, Rachel dies first, Reuven dies second, which means at the time that Reuven died, he was only married to one woman. Which woman? Leah, unrelated woman, in which case she is, she is chayeves in yibum and chalitza. Incredible, incredible. So we'll say, so now in this case, Reuven and Rachel die, but I don't know who died first. I don't know who died first. What's Talacha? Sarah Sacholet says, Velo Mesyabemes. Ultimately, again, okay, so it's kind of predictable outcome over here, right? So Leah does Chalitza. 
She does chalitza, she can't do yibum, right? We can't let her do yibum because at the end of the day, we don't know is she allowed to do yibum or not. Also, remember again, you can't be flippant about yibum for one simple reason. If you're wrong, then what? If you're wrong, <laughs> it's an erva, right? It's, it's a mamish, an erva. So again, and you, like, as, and you run the potential of mamzerus, right? So you can't be flippant. Now again, chalitza, chalitza is easy, right? Because at the end of the day, if you, if you needed it, great. If you didn't need it, 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 does, it does leave a residual impact on the woman. It does. We'll learn about that. But Lameisa, the statements are as I Sigmar says, Vamai, why don't we see over here in this case, I don't understand. Why don't we just use Chazaka? They will say, what is, what is Leah's Chazaka? Right? What's Leah's marital Chazaka? What's her Chazaka? That ultimately, again, if her husband were to die, what's, when we say her chazaka, we mean like, what's her chazaka vis-a-vis yibum? What's her, what's her yibum chazaka? She doesn't need it. Because remember again, she is the co-wife of an erva. So her yibum chazaka is that she does not need yibum. So why don't we just go ahead and say, establish her based on her chazaka, and now again, why do you require to do chalitza? Say, Leah, your yibum is that you are the co-wife of an erva. That's, I'm sorry, your, your, your chazaka is that you're the co-wife of an erva, and therefore you're not subject to yibum. Let's keep with that chazaka. Now you're going to tell me we're going to make her do chalitza. So essentially what you're doing is you're making her asura misafek. Maybe you'll say you're just being machmir over here. Once again, I'll say this is a chumra that could lead to a kula. How so? She'im at omer cholatzes. Miss I will say once again, although it's always tempting to say just do chalitza, just do chalitza, but lemaisa again, lemaisa when you when you mandate chalitza, it's possible that people may be confused and ultimately do yibum as well. To which the Gemara says, here's the difference: gerishin deshchichi gazuburabanan. I will say in the case of gerishin, which is common. That's where Chazal stepped in and said that in a case of Safek, you're not going to undermine her Chazaka. But I will say, people dying in building collapse, so again, or I should say, husband and wife dying in building collapse together, that's not as common, and therefore again, Chazal were not gozer in that case. Inami, if that's the case, Gerishin, the Kaima Erva, the Kamuchach, Vitzarasa, Kamitzraches, La Chalitza, but here's the problem. Even in the case of Gerishin Rabosei, we know, for example, in this case where Shimon is married to Rachel and to Leah, that Rachel is an erva. We, we know that. We know that. And ultimately, again, we also know that now you're requiring Leah to do, to do Chalitza. And we also know that there was a get in this question, right? Now, it's a suffix get. Now, isn't it easy to assume, if you look at this circumstance, the fact that Chazal are requiring Leah to do Chalitza, that it must be, that what? It must be that Halacha the get was a valid get. Because everyone knows about the erva, everyone knows about the get, and the fact that now you're requiring Leah to do Chalitza tells us that the get was a valid get. Are we not concerned? Asulia Bumei That ultimately, again, Halacha Leah may end up doing Yibum, to which the Gemara says, Mapolas, mi Mapolas. right, we'll say when it comes to the case of collapse, so ultimately there's no real way to ascertain. 
Right? There's no way to determine who died first. And ultimately, again, by Gerishin, haven't we learned that Sabe Gerishin requires Chalitza? We learn the following case. Vatnan. Here it is. Here it is. Right? The Gemara is trying to say, no, we don't like the case of Safeg Gerishin. Here is the case of Safeg Gerishin. A man has a get in his hand and he wants to divorce his wife. They're standing in Rosh Hashanah in the public domain. So we'll say in the public domain, we assume that people still have what? Still have what? Dalarams. Right, you have your personal, your your personal space, your private space in Rosh Hashanah. So a man goes ahead and throws a get to his wife, and it's a suffix, suffix, karov. I'm sorry, first haisa, karov law migoreshes, karov law in migoreshes. If the get lands closer to her, she is divorced. If it lands closer to him, she's not divorced. Mechza al mechza migoreshes ve'ina migoreshes. If it lands mamish equidistant between the two, then what? She's divorced, but she's not divorced. Which means what? Safik Migurashas. Safik And I will say the Gemara says, so tell me, what are the practical implications of being Safik Migurashas? Here we go. Dikoinhu Asrule. So I will say what it tells you is number one, if the husband is a coin, I will say, let's say man throws a get to his wife and it lands mamish, mechzo mechzo, half, right, half by him, half by her. And then you know what? He decides, you know what? We can work this out. He wants to reconcile with her. So remember again, a man is permitted to remarry the woman he divorced as long as what? She has not married anyone else in the interim, with one exception, a Kohen. Right? A Kohen, remember, a Kohen is not permitted to marry a divorcee, and a Kohen can't even remarry his own divorcee. So in a case of Suffolk Migoreshes, Halach Lamaisa, the Kohen would not be permitted to go ahead and remarry his Suffolk Migoreshes wife. The Ervahi Sarasa Bayechalisa. Furthermore, again, say, let's say this was a case where Shimon, the husband, right, through this get to his Erva wife. When I say Erva wife, she's not an Erva to him, right? She's an Erva to his brother, right? So he threw it to Rachel, who is his niece, Suffolk Migoreshes. What would we do in this case? Sarasa Bayechalisa, his other wife, his other wife, Leah would require chalitza. The lower, so we'll say, so here is pretty explicit. What do you see over here? That in a case of Suffolk Migoreshes, we will require chalitza, and we don't just simply rest on her previously established chazaka. And we don't say that we're concerned that if you make her do chalitza, she's going to end up doing gibum. We learned about this. Rabbi Varav Yosef, Dormit Harvayu, Hacha, Oh, I will say, what's the case over here? The way the Gemara sets up the case, we're talking about a case where there are two groups of witnesses. One set of witnesses says they get landed closer to him. One set of witnesses say they get landed closer to who? To her, sorry. So the Gemara says, Oh, so I will say, that's a case of Safik Daraisa. Two... Two conflicting groups of witnesses. So, in the case of a Safik Da'araisa, then Einachinam, you'll have to go to Chumrah, you'll make a Leah, the unrelated wife, to Chalitza, and you won't be able to just simply say, allow Leah to rely on her Chazaka. Umas Nisan Dahacha Bikas Achas. 
It must be that our Mishnah is dealing with a case where there's only one set of witnesses, or in other words, one witness. Karov lo, karov lo, right? Masnisin dahacha, vasacha, kasachas, tahavele sveka dirabanan. Fine. Umimaiti masnisin dahacha, bekasachas. We'll say, how do you know that our Mishnah is only dealing with one set of witnesses? Dumya dikidushin. Makidushin bekasachas, avgerushin bekasachas. Ultimately, just like by Kiddushin, we're dealing ultimately with one set of witnesses. So to by Yerush, we're dealing with one set of witnesses. The Kiddushin Gufayu, Mimayit Bekasachas, Dimo Beis Kite Edim. How do you know by Kiddushin we're only dealing with one set of witnesses? Maybe it was two sets of witnesses. Iba Beis Kite Edim, Tisyabim, Be'en Bekach Klom. This is very interesting because if we were dealing with a case of Safek Kiddushin with two sets of witnesses, then I both say, you know what effectively happens? They cancel each other out. They cancel each other out. And halacha lamaisa, then we establish Leah based on her chazaka. And her chazaka was that she was the only woman married to Shimon, in which case when Shimon dies, she is eligible for Yibum. Incredible. To which the Gemara says, Does that make any sense? There are witnesses that say karov law. And ultimately, again, you're going to say that Leah could just do Yibam and there's no problem. Furthermore, again, even when you have two conflicting sets of witnesses, that is still a Safek Dirabanan. How so? In general, whenever you go ahead and you have two conflicting sets of witnesses, what do they effectively do? What do they effectively do? They cancel each other out. So now what? What I do is I rely on Chazaka. And Chazaka says, whatever your status was prior to, prior to the witnesses, that's what we put you back on. And if that's the case, at least in this case of Safei Kiddushin, that would allow Leah to do Yibum. To which the Yomar was very interesting. This is comparable to the case of the property of Barshatya. Now we'll say Barshatya was a guy, was a guy. We're going to see that Barshatya was a guy who had episodic, episodic, Moments of insanity, right? Or, or I already say he had episodic insanity, right? In other words, that sometimes he was totally lucid and sometimes he was out of it. A lot of people like that, right? I'm just saying, right? So I might say, right? Some, but, but again, I will say, so this is a fascinating case because in general, remember again, if a person is a shota, by the way, that's what Rashi points out. It's possible it is. His name was not actually Barshatya, right? Barshatya, Shatya is like a shota. It could be, it could be that his name is Barshatya. It also could just be descriptive, and it's descriptive of a fascinating case, which is a guy, a guy who has moments of lucidity and and capacity, and then at other times fundamentally lacks capacity. So remember again, anything a shota does is not halachically meaningful or viable. So the problem you had with this guy Barshatya is he was engaging in real estate transactions. He was in real estate, a good Jewish boy, right? He was, in, he was in real estate. And what happened? So the Shailah was, like, are his transactions binding or not? So look at, look at the Gemara. The Barshatya, Zabid Nechasi. Barshatya bought some real estate. He bought some property. So the Gemara says, Asu Zabin. And we have two different sets of witnesses. One set of witnesses said, no, so now apparently the, bless you, so apparently now the transaction came under some dispute. One group of witnesses says he was totally lucid. Totally lucid. The other group of witnesses says, no, totally out of it. It was a shota. It was a shota. So we'll say, so what do you do? From Ravashi, we'll say, this is actually fascinating. From Ravashi, Uki Trila Bahadi Trey. Here, look, here's what we do. We put the two witnesses together on the same level. 
So what happens when you put the two witnesses side by side? So I will say, so essentially what happens over there? Uki tre, the tre. The witnesses cancel each other out. So effectively, I will say, in, from a testimonial perspective, what do I have? What do I have? Nothing. So, okay, so in the absence of not having any testimony and not being sure, was Barshat Yalusid or not, the only thing I could rely on is Chazaka. And what does Chazaka say? Amid Beis, Amid Daf, Amid Beis, Ba'ara Ukma Becheskas Barshat Yal. So, we'll say, here's what's interesting. So, the Chazaka, so we'll say, remember again, when it comes to monetary law, Chazaka is determined by what? Possession. Possession. So, remember again, in this case over here, Barshatya already had possession of the real estate. He had possession of it already, right? So Lamaisa, the Gemara says there's something fascinating. So I have Ukich Sagir, witnesses saying he's lucid, witnesses saying he's insane. All right, so pretty much they cancel each other out, and all I could rely on now is Chazaka. It's Chazaka. In this case, again, the Chazaka ultimately being that Barshatya is in possession of the property, so that makes him the owner. So you see over here that Halacha Lamaisa, when you do have effectively no testimony, I will say, so remember, it's interesting, in Halacha, there are two cases of no testimony, right? What's the first case of no testimony? No testimony, no witnesses, right? What's the second case of no testimony? Two groups that say the exact opposite things. So again, obviously we do our Jushar V'chakira, maybe someone's lying, maybe someone, but, but assuming we do our Jushar V'chakira and they're both found out to be legitimate, they effectively go ahead and cancel each other out. And what I'm left with then, the, res, the mechanism of resolution in a case like that is Chazaka, the last known state. So the Gemara says, so the so I will say, listen to this. So therefore I will say, Remember, this whole thing up until this point in time has been rabba, right? And remember, I will say it's so interesting. Like when you look at this, we're, we're actually trying to address a very simple question. We're just trying to figure out why did the Gemara not use the paradigmatic case of Safek Kiddushin, right? Remember again, the way the Gemara, the Mishnah, sorry, described the cases of Safek, sorry, Safek Gerishin, Safek Gerishin, is our cases of a get that's just not really an ideal get. The, the, case, the right, why don't we use the paradigmatic case of Safek Yerushin, which is the same case as Safek Yerushin. A man took a get, threw it towards his wife. We're not sure. Safek Karov La, is it closer to her or is it closer to him? And the matter never got resolved. And then the husband, Shimon, dies. Why don't you just use that case? So Rabbah's answer to that was what? Because if you had a real Safek, if you had a real Safek, a real suffix cannot undermine her chazaka of what? Of being a married woman. Of being a married woman. And therefore, again, what we would say is, therefore, Rachel is married to Shimon. Rachel is married to Shimon. And therefore, Leah is totally exempt from Yibam or Chalitza. So the Gemara just lodged a whole bunch of questions on that. This now leads Abaye to advance a different approach. Abaye, Amr Abaye, both say second line, Laman Alpha and Base. Amr Abaye. Yogid alov reo. So I will say the Gemara, Gemara is quoting the Pasuk from, from Eov. So literally, Yogid alov reo means its fellow will shed light on it. In other words, what Abai is saying, he's quoting the Pasuk, meaning what? Tana bikidushin, badin The truth is, when whatever case the Mishnah gave for Safe kidushin, the Mishnah automatically means you could apply that same case 
for Suffolk Gerishin as well. We both say, you see, we don't have to quote the same cases back and forth because we assume whatever is going to be a Suffolk Kiddushin will also translate into a Suffolk Gerishin. Tana Begerishin, Vodin the Kiddushin. So Rabbi says, wow, you guys are really getting too caught up in the wording of the Mishnah. When we talk about, a, when right in the Mishnah, talk about two cases, Suffolk Gerishin and Suffolk Kiddushin. You don't have to use, you don't have to articulate the same exact examples in both scenarios, because it's understood that what? Whatever case creates a Suffolk Kiddushin also creates a Suffolk Gerishin. And whatever case creates a Suffolk Gerishin also what? Creates a Suffolk Kiddushin. Why is everybody getting all excited? Amalei Rava, one second. E Yogid Alavreo. My zehu diktani. So I'll say, if that's the case, if that's the case, that the cases are mamish all interchangeable, then why does the Mishnah say, why does the Mishnah say zehu? I will say the Mishnah says zehu suffik kiddushin. Zehu suffik gerushin. So I will say zehu makes it sound like the examples articulated are unique to suffik gerushin and the examples articulated are unique to suffik kiddushin. Why zehu? Ela Amarava, rather Rava says, Koshi Yesh Pikidushin Yesh Begerishin. Rava Rava has a, a modified version of Abaye. And Rava says like this: here's the truth. Any case that's a Safe Kidushin ultimately will be a Safe Gerishin as well. Which I will say is nice, because what does that mean for us now? The case of what? Suffolk Karov law, Suffolk Karov law, which in the Mishnah was associated with Safe Kidushin, also applies where? In Safe Gerishin. Gerishin. However, here's the important caveat. But I will say it doesn't work the other way. There are cases of Safe Gerishin that don't translate into cases of Safe Kiddushin. So I will say, so, so just to understand what's happening over here, Abaye wanted to go with the approach that all of the cases of Safe Gerishin, Safe Kiddushin are all interchangeable. Are interchangeable. The Gemara says that can't be because the Mishnah used Lushan of Zehu. This is a case of Safe, which, which indicates to us that the Mishnah is limiting, is limiting the application of cases from one, from one context to another. To which Rava says, you're right, you're right. It really goes in one direction, meaning any case of Safek Kiddushin is going to also be a case of what? Safek Yerushin. Which you're going to both say for our purposes means one thing, which is what case? Which what, what case? Safek Karavlo, Safek Karavlo, right? Same way if he throws a get. <coughs> Suffolk, is it closer to her, closer to him? Suffolk Mikoreshes, if he throws Kesef Kiddushin, Suffolk Karov Lo, Suffolk Karov Lo, Suffolk However, however, when it comes to Gerushin, there are cases of Suffolk Gerushin that do not find expression in the world of Kiddushin. And you know, the Mishnah uses Lashon of Zehu by Gerushin, which is limiting. It's Labdafka, it's not specific. So I'll say ultimately, again, it's just coming to include Mishnahic symmetry. So I'll say, so now that we've established, now that we've established that Allah anything that comes by Kiddushin, right? Any case of Safi Kiddushin, Ultimately, again, will be Safi Gerishin. But there are cases in Gerishin that will not translate into Safi Kiddushin. To which the Gemara says, So what is the Zeu in Kiddushin? What is it coming to limit? Here we go, Abba saying. Let's go through the examples. So Abba saying, One of the examples of Safi Gerishin in the Mishnah was what? A get that didn't have a date. 
you're right, you didn't date the get. So if a man gives his wife a get without a date, it's suffix migurashas. Suffolk, he'll say, what happens? One of the ways in which a man could be mekaidish, a man could betroth the woman is how? Shtar. Let's say you give your wife a shtar kiddushin without a date. Without a date. So the Gemara says the truth is, ultimately, again, halacha it doesn't invalidate the kiddushin. The kiddushin is just fine. Why? Here we go. So we'll say, by the way, why is there not a date requirement by Kiddushin? Right? Isn't, isn't, isn't that kind of important? To, to date, date documents in general, but also to date the Kiddushin document. We know that there's an obligation to date a get, but why is there no similar obligation to date Ishtar Kiddushin? Watch this. So honey, let's go a little bit into Gittin now. There are two reasons that the Gemar Masechus Gittin gives Ultimately, again, for, for dating a get. One is because of peros. Then I will say, if you look at Rashi, honey, chalman, I'm right across in Rashi. So listen to this. The halacha is, or at least the Gemara quotes an opinion, that halacha a couple gets married. A wife brings in property. That property is called nichse malog. Nixemolog. Now I will say, again, without getting into all technicalities, Nixemolog is property a woman brings into the marriage. She retains title over the property. Husband gets peros. Husband gets peros. Ultimately, again, when does husband have peros until? So there's a discussion about this in the Gemara, but there is an opinion that says once a man decides that he's going to divorce his wife, he really goes ahead and forfeits any more peros. I will say, because of that, it's important to have a date in the get. Because what does the date effectively represent? The cutoff of his usage of peros. Right? So I understand why you... So I will say, and now, I don't need that by Kiddushin. Why? Because... I will say, generally, we assume that when is a husband entitled to peros? To use the nichseimulug, to derive benefit from the property of the wife, only when? Nisuin. So therefore, again, it makes sense. So remember, again, a shtar kiddushin doesn't really need doesn't really need a date because the whole purpose of the date is to prevent the husband from illegally benefiting from her property once they are divorced. That benefit only comes by nisuin. So if the husband is being mekadesh, his wife with a shtar kiddushin, that shtar doesn't need a date. However, listen to this elementar basachoso liskinsman. Wow, but there's another opinion. Second opinion says, do you know why you need a date in the get? Ultimately, again, the Gemara says, Watch this case. Let's say a man is married to his niece. A man is married to his sister's daughter. His sister's daughter. And what happens? His wife commits adultery. So I will say, because he has a relationship with this woman, not just as his wife, but also what? It's his niece, meaning it's his sister's daughter. He may try to cover for her adultery. Now, what's a way you could cover for adultery? Give an undated get. Because think about this in just a moment. If you give an undated get, and witnesses come along and say, we saw Rachel commit adultery with, uh, with Zvulun, what could, you, what could Rachel do? Produce a document. I doesn't have a date. Okay, it doesn't, I was divorced. I was divorced. So Chazal instituted the need to put a date in the get 
in order that the get should not be abused in order to cover for adultery. So the Gemara says, well, if that's the case, if that's the case, you can make the same argument by Ishtar Kiddushin. Right? You should require a date there also. Why? Because they're all like, what could happen if there is no date in the Shtar Kedushin? Right? Listen to this case. Ruvain is Mekadesh Rachel. Right? Ruvain is Kadesh Rachel. And then what happens? After Kedushin, husband, right? Their husband and wife. Right? They don't live together, but they're husband and wife. It's to the point that adultery is punishable by death even after, even after Kedushin. Let's say that Rachel commits adultery. So we'll say, so again, how can you get, how, 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 can, how can, if there is no date, in the Shtar Kiddushin, then Rachel could claim that what? That what? I wasn't Mikudesh yet. It's true, I had this relationship with the man. I'm sorry, it wasn't appropriate, but it wasn't adultery because I wasn't yet Mikudesh. The proof is there's no date. You can't tell me when I was or I wasn't. So shouldn't there be a need for a date in a Shtar Kiddushin as well? So we'll say, let's analyze this. If Shtar was the only vehicle for Kiddushin, maybe I would agree with that. But since ultimately, again, people could be Makadesh with the Shtar, or they could be Makadesh ultimately with money, with money, ultimately, again, Chazal were not Metakin as man. I won't say, I won't say, what about the purchases of servants? There are people who purchase servants with shtaros. There are people who purchase shtaros with money. But nevertheless, again, Chazal mandated that you have to put a date in the document of sale of an Eved. So, I'll say, so just because there's another mechanism of acquisition doesn't take away from the fact that you should have a date in the shtar, to which the Gemara says, so say, here's the difference. By Avadim, the majority of people purchase Avadim with a document. They will say, how do the majority of people affect Kiddushin? Not with a shtar, but rather with what? With money. With money. So because money is the primary vehicle for the, for, for the, to affect Kiddushin, and shtar is not really as commonly used, Chazal did not feel the need to institute a date requirement ultimately by a shtar Kiddushin. Furthermore, the Gemara says, Ibai Seymo, Mishum Afshar. We'll say there's another reason. The truth is you can't really effectively, you can't really effectively require a date obligation in the Shtar Kiddushin. Why not? Listen to this. Hey, of it. Because they will say, how does this play out? Litra is essentially, who's holding the document of Kiddushin? Right? will say, if she's holding on to the Shtar Kiddushin, even if you went ahead and you put a date in it, but if she wants to cover her tracks of adultery, what could she do? Right? Erase it. Just erase it. Just erase the date. Right? Ultimately, again, and if, you keep the Shtar Kiddushin with the man, we run back to our previous problem. Ultimately, again, in the case of where he's married to his niece and he has Rachmanis on her, maybe he'll erase the date. He'll say, fine, let the witnesses hold on to the Shtar Kiddushin. Well, that doesn't work. I'll tell you why. If witnesses remember the date that the, shtar, that the Kiddushin was given, they could come testify. If they don't remember the date on their own, this is fascinating. If the witnesses remember the date of the Kiddushin, fantastic, come and testify. If they don't remember the date, what are we concerned about? That they're going to jog their memory based on what? Based on what? Looking at the shtar. And on both sides, a witness is not permitted to give testimony 
based on jogging his memory from a written record. It's fascinating. If you're going to give testimony, you have to remember the events on your own without any other memory aids. In other words, if you need to look back at court transcripts, if you need to go ahead and look at a document to refresh your memory, your testimony is invalid. Listen to this. Torah says, we believe witnesses when they give testimony, but not based on a written record. To which the Gemara says, here, Ihachi, Begerish, Nami, I, so aren't we concerned with the same thing by a get? To which the Gemara says, Hachi, so the Gemara says, Ihachi, Begerish, Nami, Nemahachi, Hasam, Latsala, Dideka'asi, Hacha, Lechova, Didaka'asi. So here's the difference. Ultimately, again, in the case of Gerishin, in the case of Gerishin, ultimately, again, it's to the benefit of the wife. In the case of in the case of kiddushin, it would be to her detriment. See, I both say, in the case ultimately again of gerushin, salacha lemaisa, alacha lemaisa, the erasure of the of the of the date ultimately is there to benefit her. By kiddushin, it would ultimately be a detriment. I both say, so let me just bring this together. So first of all, halacha lemaisa, how do we pass this? So I both say, so first of all, we know that actually there is a ideally a date requirement. Both in a in a get as well as in a shtar kiddushin. That, that's an aside. They will say, but Allah Khalamais, let's go back to the Mishnah, because I want to close this out now. How do we pass in Allah Khalamais in the Mishnah? See, I will say, the Mishnah's case, the Mishnah's case, we had Safi Kiddushin, Safi Gerishin. Reuven is married to two women, Rachel and Leah. Rachel is his niece, Reuven's wife, Reuven's, Reuven's sister. Reuven's daughter. Leah is unrelated. Now say, what happened in the Mishnah? Reuven had either Safek Kiddushin or Safek Gerushin with Rachel. And before the Safek could get resolved, Reuven dies. So we'll say, what's our Shailah? What's our Shailah? What is Leah's obligation vis-a-vis Yibam? We'll say very simple. I mean, not very simple. But the Rambam, Hilchovs, Yibam, Mechalitza, Parak, Vav, Alacha, Chav, Beis. Hai Sazushi, Erba, Alayava, Mekudashas, Loachim, Shemes. Besafek, Ultimately, again, Choletes, Velo, Mesyadanes. That's In any case of Safek Gerushin or Safek Kiddushin, we tell the co-wife, we tell ultimately the unrelated wife, she does Chalitza, and Yibum is illegal. We'll stop here. Pick up the Mishnah Meretz Hashem tomorrow. Incredible. All right. Chevron Zoom. Moshe Ben Sion, great to see you. Michael, great to see you. Have a good day, everyone.